Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Essential Sports Pod. Um, we do have our cameras on for this episode, first episode. Um, we're trying to move into uh, the YouTube side of things. Um, so if you're watching on YouTube, you will be able to see us. Um, but if you're still on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all that stuff, um, welcome back. Um, I'm here with my friend Gerald. What's up, guys? Um, sorry for the absence. Uh, it's been a tough week and a half, two weeks, uh, to be able to record. So, uh, yeah, let's get into this episode. Uh, so, in this episode, we're going to get into some recent performers who have done very well um and we just wanted to highlight them and yeah just go over this past i guess two weeks or so or june um to you know catch you guys up on whatever on all these stats uh so yeah let's get started um so with the first player we want to highlight is jordan walker who got called up for the second time this season, uh, which made me very glad because that's somebody that I definitely want in the lineup. Um, but he's been crushing it. He's been absolutely crushing it since he came back up. And, yeah, we just wanted to talk about him to start this episode. So, Yeah, I, I feel like um, if it wasn't for so many different rookies doing well um, across the league, you know, Jordan Walker would probably get more recognition as well as he's been doing. But, you know, you got guys like Corbin Carroll and James Outman and all of these. Phenom, Ellie De La Cruz, how could I forget about him? But, yeah, you know, he's crushing the ball. Um, do you want to go over your stats, friend? Uh, yeah, I got some stats uh, written down here. So since he got called back up, uh, he's played 19 games. He is hitting 333 with an on-base percentage of 413. His OPS is at a nice seven, 974, uh, which is great to see. Uh, you know, a lot of people, especially the commentators, if you're watching the games, they're talking about them wanting Walker to hit the ball up, hit the ball hard, uh, you know, hit his home runs, get his doubles, uh, and he's been doing just that. Um, He's hit four home runs in these 19 games with nine RBIs, and I'm pretty sure he's been pretty much at the five hole or six hole every game now. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. what you got, Joe? Yeah, like you said, he's been batting higher in the lineup than what he has been in the past, and, you know, I think he deserves it, you know. He can only hit well for so long and be that low in the lineup. You know, the Cardinals – are kind of in desperation mode to get wins. And, you know, if that means relying on the 21-year-old Jordan Walker to continue to get hits for us, um, you know, I'm all for it. You know, he's one of the top prospects in baseball. Um, I think he's just just an overall, like, good hitter, you know. Not, you know, they like to put guys in categories, say, like, power hitter or, like, guy that hits for contact, you know, I feel like he's kind of just all of that, you know, and, you know, sure, some some guys could be nitpickers and say uh, they want him to hit the ball in the air more and all of this type of stuff, but, you know, when you hit the ball hard, you know, the results are going to be there, and that's what we've seen 
ever since he's came back up. So, you know, it's good to see him doing this well. No, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I feel like with people just, I don't know if they're like telling him every day or something, like getting in his head to hit the ball up. Um, I feel like it'll just put him off his, I guess, his lane or like whatever he does because he hits the ball pretty well. And you can't just always aim to hit the ball up because uh, it's just going to ruin your whole approach and all that. Um, so I think, right. I think he just needs to stick to what he does and, you know, the results are going to come. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people were upset about the fact that he went down. You know, he had a historic streak to start his career with the hitting streak. But at certain points, you could see him getting, getting like, overmatched by MLB pitching because, like, his OPS, I'm pretty sure, was around 7, 18 when he got sent down. So that's about league average, which, you know, they wanted him to work on some specific things. And I think we're kind of seeing the the benefits of that move because ever since he's came back up, he's looked more locked in and more selective with the pitches that he's going after. And, you know, just seems like he kind of has more of an understanding of what he needs to do and when he goes out there, what he needs to do in order to be a successful big leaguer. So it's exciting to see. No, yeah. Um, something that the Cardinals have struggled a lot with is, you know, getting those runners and scoring positions in. Um, I think Jordan Walker has changed that a little bit since he got moved up in the lineup because, you know, our best hitters are always at the top. Goldschmidt is pretty much a guaranteed he'll be on base. Uh, Donovan has been crushing it. And, you know, with runners in scoring position, Walker is hitting 314 uh, and on base percentage of 400. So, you know, he's doing his job hitting at the 5-6 hole. Uh, and I think it's perfect. Um, you know, we need help getting those yeah. runs in. Especially this past month, we struggled to get the runs on the board. And it's hard to see that because our pitching has been pretty decent lately. Um, and it feels right. like it's always one or the other. Right. Uh, another stat that I found for Jordan Walker is I I got pretty into the the splits and all that, uh, and there's some innings that I wanted to highlight where he hit he's hitting the best. Uh, so in the third inning, he's hitting 400 with 1,200 OPS, which is insane. Uh, and something that popped out to me was his ninth inning hitting. So if he's hitting in the ninth inning, he's hitting 417. He's getting on base uh, four, 462. That's his on-base percentage, uh, and his OPS is at 962. So, I mean, I don't think those numbers can get any better. Yeah, to me that sounds like, you know, you said the fourth inning. I think that's around the second time that you face a starting pitcher, you know, Obviously, depending on how the game is going, you know, give or take a few innings. But uh, to me, that's that's saying that he's making adjustments. You know, he's going up there his first at bat, probably has a decent chance to get a hit. But that second time seeing the pitcher, he's making the right adjustments. So I think he's a big leaguer for sure. And he's ready. Yeah, I think it's it's time for him to stay, uh, especially now that, you know, he's on another hitting streak, which is insane. Uh, he's on a 15-game hit right. streak right now. Uh, and I saw this uh, thing on Instagram or Twitter that it said that 
I think he's like he has the fifth longest hidden streak for a a Cardinal or something like that, um, which is yeah. you know, under Albert Pujols, obviously, uh, and some other big guys in the Cardinals organization. So it's always great to see, especially at 20 years old. Right. Um, so, yeah, moving on to this next player who I just said something about. Uh, it's Brendan Donovan. Uh, he's been our leadoff guy. And last year, uh, watching him come up for the first time uh, and, you know, walking so much, getting on base, he's just an on-base machine. Uh, and I always wanted him to be their leadoff or a number two guy. But uh, I want to highlight his June stats, which uh, he's played 20 games so far. He's hitting 312 with a 404 on base percentage. His OPS is at 833, which is great to see uh, for him because he's not usually a power hitter. But he's been, you know, he's been getting those doubles. He's hit a pair of home runs and got 10 RBIs. So he's, I think he's been our perfect leadoff guy, and you know. Again, those 10 RBIs as a leadoff guy is, is pretty good. So, um, yeah, if you got anything to say for Brennan. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, always, like, when you look at the player that Brennan Donovan is, it's a player that's going to go out there and do everything that he needs to do, everything that's required by the manager. You know, he's going to grind his at-bats. He's going to play a good glove. He's going to play all over the field. Um, and, you know, the Cardinals love those type of guys, those guys that can play multiple positions and fight in the counts. And he just, to me, he embodies exactly what you want at the top of the lineup as a leadoff hitter. He doesn't strike out a lot. He doesn't chase a lot of pitches. He, um, he's decently fast. You know, he's not, he's not like a burner or anything, but, you know, he, is going to fight. He's going to put the ball in play. And pretty much he's always going to see the ball well. But when he starts to put the results with the bat, then, you know, it's a perfect leadoff hitter. So he's been great, you know, with a lineup that's kind of needed some consistency out of certain guys at the top of the lineup. He's been exactly what they need. No, yeah, I agree. Um, pairing him up with Lars Newbar at the top, I think it's a perfect – uh, one, two, uh, you know, we got Goldschmidt at the two now, and they've been putting Newbar at three, which, I mean, I, I don't really know how I feel about that, but, you know, he, Newbar can get hot, and he'll hit for power, because he always hits, he always hits it hard, it's just, you know, it's what they say with Jordan Walker. Hit the, He's more hit of a line drive hitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, no, yeah, I, th I love the consistency with runners in scoring position, Brendan Donovan is hitting 310. He's getting on base. His on-base percentage is 464, and his OPS is at 988. So that's always good to see, it, especially, you know, driving the ball. And that on-base percentage is just absolutely insane. Yeah, I know here at the Central Sports Podcast, we're really big on guys that when they go out there, we're going to – we're – we expect for them to have some type of results, you know the guys that are going to give us confidence and, you know, Brendan Donovan, he embodies that pretty much as well as anybody, you know, he's going to play good defense. He's going to play everywhere. He's going to give someone an off day to maybe DH. He'll take their spot. And then on the offensive side, he's going to 
be at the top of the lineup. He's going to work the counts. He's going to be super consistent. So one of, one of the best Cardinals, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Last year, Gerald and I watched uh, a lot of games together and went to some of the games. And our one of our favorite players was always Brendan Donovan just because – you know, he's yeah. he'll get an O two count and come back three two and walk. Like right. or he'll just hit it down the line and get a double easily. And he, it's just a perfect Yeah, player. he never looks Yeah, he never looks overmatched by anyone, you know. He's gonna go up there and give you the same at bat every time, no matter if it's if it's Shohei on the mound or if it's Graham Ashcraft, like if it's anyone, he's gonna go up there, he's gonna be consistent, he's gonna work. So that's what we want yep. from the players. Speaking of consistent, uh, somebody that's been super consistent for our organization since we acquired him at the trade deadline last year is Jordan Montgomery. He has been absolutely lights out this June. Uh, after a, a rough May, he he came back and stepped up. And, you know, he's he has our best ERA on the team right now at 369, which obviously it's not. It's not very. It's not an ace type of ERA, but you know that's that's very good for, especially after having such a rough month. He he's brought it back. Um. So, in the month of June, he played four games. He's pitched twenty five innings, which is six point two five innings per game, which is very good. You want that consistency. You want him to go long so we can, you know, rest some guys in the bullpen. And yeah, he's. His ERA for the month is 1.80, which that's an ace type of number. And, right. you know, he's – I was watching the game, and he has one of the lowest I – th- I think it's, I think it was him or Michaelis, and they have, like, one of the lowest percentage of walking people in the league, and which is just absolutely insane. Um, he's got 24 strikeouts to his five walks, and his every – and his opponents are hitting 202 against him. So – um yeah that's that's what i got for him yeah all good points um you know with jordan montgomery obviously you don't expect him to go out there and be your ace starter but again it's one of those guys that as the season goes along you're just looking at his statue like that's solid like that's exactly what you want out of a pitcher um you know i kind of feel like he was getting a little bit unlucky in his starts because there was a while where he was like, he had lost like eight starts in a row or nine starts in a row because the offense wasn't really giving him run support. And, you know, we always said he's pitching well, you know, it's like, it's all right. But when the offense, you know, goes out there on the same day as him and they're able to give him run support, then obviously the stat lines are going to look a little bit better overall and also when you're pitching to a 1.8 ERA you know that's pretty much shut down so you know just a collective overall with the offense being more consistent and him being a little bit more consistent every time he goes out there we're pretty confident in winning the ball game when we got Montgomery out there yeah I agree um as we said with Jordan Walker uh you know he makes a lot of adjustments Jordan Montgomery uh he pitches his best when he's facing the batters for the second time. Uh, his his batters are hitting 230 against him with a 276 on base percentage the second time they're facing him. So that's 
that's great to see, especially because you want to have that lengthy outing. And if you can, you know, make adjustments to the batters, that's it's absolutely perfect to go long. Yeah, it's, it's great to see overall, just to see his ERA go all the way down to finally in the threes, you know, looking at the Cardinals um, starting rotation overall, you look at some guys ERA and it kind of is like, uh, like it kind of is like an eyesore a little bit, but you know, to see a guy in the mid three fives and pretty much coming into the season, this is what we expected him to be like a mid three fives guy, maybe, maybe four on the worser end, but to see him be shut down, it's, it's good to see. Yeah. Somebody else that has been absolutely shut down against their batters and just lights out lately is Jordan Hicks. He recently got moved to the closer role because our closer, Ryan Housley, got injured. And, you know, we do still have Geo, but yeah, I don't I don't think he's really the closer. Maybe he's just a setup guy. Mm-hmm. Um but Jordan Hicks, in June, he's played 10 games, which is 9.2 innings. He's had four save opportunities and got all four of them, and I'm pretty sure he got three of them back-to-back-to-back games, yeah. uh, which is absolutely insane. Uh, it just shows how much, well, I guess how less he's throwing the the baseball because if he's out there three games in a row, he hasn't had to rest. Right. But he's sitting at a 3.72 ERA for the month of June which is, I feel it, it looks a little inflated, but that's only four runs given up in 10 of the games he's played, which is pretty good. And I'm pretty sure they were all spread out. So it's, it's just, I, I'm fine with that ERA, honestly. Uh, and, yeah. you know, he's a strikeout machine. He, he's got 16 strikeouts, so his four walks. And he's just been improving a lot, honestly, especially in March and April. He was... He had pretty rough two months there and stepped up in May with a 2.38 ERA, and now in June he's lights out again. Yeah, like you said, the 3.72 ERA does kind of look inflated, um, but you also have to realize the context of the runs. You know, um, he's stepped into our closer spot. You know, G- I mean, not Geo. Helsley went on the I.L. I think it was a 60-day I.L. too. So, you know, that's pretty serious. So, you know, we need someone to step into that spot, you know, be shut down for us at the end of the game. That's something that we haven't had all season. And for him to step into that role and, you know, we always talk about the stuff that he has. You know, he has some of the best stuff I think I've ever seen. Like, I'm not just – just saying that that's not too crazy. I mean, he consistently throws 104 miles per hour. Like this, that guy's going to be are insane. Yes. And it's a sinker. It's not even a fastball. Yeah. It's a sinker. Like for him to step into that role that he did. And, you know, he's, he's showing us his value with him stepping into the closer role because he, uh, unlike Helsley, I'm not trying to throw shots, but He's willing to take the ball every day. You know, Helsley kind of has those days baked into, like, off days. Like, he doesn't always get the ball every day. But Hicks, you know, he I heard he went to Ali and told him, he's like, hey, I'm ready to take the ball. Like, if you need me, I'm 
I'm available. And, you know, for him, another thing that's impressive with me is he goes out there every time and he's throwing 100 consistently. But he also is available all the time. Like, he started, like, two seasons ago as a starter. So, you know, he has that that stamina to go a long time and go back-to-back days. So when you have that in your bullpen, and, like, that's one of your best weapons, and that's exactly what he's been for us over the past few months. Yeah, he's been super reliable. Uh, you know, after Ryan Helsley's season last year being arguably the best closer in the game last season, he, you know, we expected him to do the same this season, but he's t- taking a step back, and especially now that he's injured, it's nice to know we have somebody to close these games out when we're up. Uh, because, you know, we have right. Gio, we have Hennessy's Cabrera, but, you know, none of them are really the closer, you know, they, they need to. And for your closer, like Helsley did last season, he's throwing 100, he's got a breaking ball that can be very deceiving and yeah i think you just need that flamethrower out there to be able to close those games yeah and think think about how valuable he is to the team last year started as a starter then that didn't work out they scrapped the plan with that then he comes back and he's a reliever he's still the same guy still throwing 100 you know still going out there doing his work he may be inconsistent at times and I think that's kind of what you get from a flamethrower like Jordan Hicks is sometimes the sinker isn't going to have as much sink or the fastball isn't going to have as much movement and it's going to look more straight. But just the ability to go out there consistently and have some of the best stuff in the game and, you know, just bring it for an inning as our closer, you know, super valuable, super valuable. Moving on to our next player we want to talk about is Wilson Contreras. Uh, it feels like we haven't talked about him in a long time just because, you know, he's been struggling super bad, especially in the month of May and s- some of June. You know, in May he hit 158, which just abysmal. And his OPS was at 555, which is just, it's just hard to see, especially for our big signing this offseason. Uh, it's been tough to see. But, you know, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes that went on uh, involving him with, you know, getting moved out of the catcher role and then going to the outfield but not, and then DH and now back to catcher. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's just put a lot of bad thoughts in his head. But recently, uh, in the last two weeks, he's actually been playing very good. He's. It seems like he found that consistency. He seems a little a little more confident in the batter's box. And that's what we need out of our catcher, especially in, a, I guess, in a league that doesn't have very good hitting catchers or, like you know, exceptional hitters as catchers. Uh, it's nice to see. Uh, so in the last 15 days, he's had 37 at-bats, and he's hitting 270. His on-base percentage is 357 with an OPS of 800, which is... I think that's just the sweet spot. Uh, you know, obviously, I would love for him to be hitting 300 and get on base 400 of the 400 time, 400, 40% of the time. But, yeah, I, I'm very happy with these numbers. He hit a home run. He's got four RBIs, and 
he's struck out six times to his three walks. So, you know, I think these are great numbers. I hope he can keep it up. Yeah. See, with with the way Wilson Contreras kind of made me put things into perspective because, like you said, the catcher position in baseball hasn't really been known to produce a lot of good hitting catchers. But as of late, I kind of feel like the narrative is changing, and I think that kind of speaks to the fact that the league is just becoming more competitive overall. Like, you know, we got Adley Rutschmans and Francisco Alvarez's and Will Smith's and Tom Murphy's, and, you know, those guys are doing good. You know, they're doing their thing. Um, it could be a lot more pressure for him. But like like you said, um, just lately he he seems like he's kind of moving past everything that happened at the beginning of the season that was kind of hard for him. And, you know, uh, at the beginning of the season, we kind of saw glimpses of what he could be offensively. You know, he had some very good stretches at the beginning and he had some very cold stretches. So, oh, if we can kind of get to like a middle ground where he kind of is now, um, just looking at his stats in June, he hit 224, which is eh, but 318 on base percentage tells me that he's at least seeing the ball better because he's able to walk more and, you know, maybe have like a few hit by pitches. That doesn't really matter, but that just tells me that he's seeing the ball a lot better. And um, he looked like a super good hitter in London. Like, he looked like he enjoyed that trip a lot. Um, and that second game was definitely good for the Cardinals to come out with the win after how the first game went. But, yeah, you see him you see him in there getting locked up. And if him and Jordan Walker can produce after, like, Goldschmidt and Arenado is going to, like, make the lineup look ten times better. Yeah, it feels like if Wilson can be on, it feels like the first six guys in the lineup – can get on base or get a hit because you know right. you got Donovan, exactly. you got Goldschmidt, Arnado, Walker, Newbar now is back, and if you can add Contreras to that, right. um, you know right. it'd be perfect. Right now we'll be talking like about a really good offense. Yeah, and you know adding to the offense, somebody who's came back recently is Dylan Carlson, who's also been adding to our offense, and he's uh. He's been great, especially he looked good in uh, his rehab assignment, and he's kept it up when he's came back up to the to the big leagues. He's played twelve games. He's hit two seventy with an on base percentage of four two six, and his OPS is at a nine six six. Which I don't know if we've seen that out of Dylan Carlson before. He's always been uh, you know mm-hmm. average OPS type of guy because he's not a power hitter. But I don't know. Maybe he's found something uh, since coming back from the IL. He's hit three home runs in the twelve games and gotten seven RBIs. So, yeah, he's he's looked great. Yeah, I think I think when you look at a hitter like Dylan Carlson, you definitely see all the tools are there to be a great hitter. You know, he's a switch hitter from the left side. The swing is smooth. It's smooth when it when he's like really hitting the ball well. It's smooth. And obviously, from the right side, he's always been a lefty lefty killer his whole career. So that's pretty sustainable. Um, I know he had that one game where he had two home runs, 
against uh, lefty. So, like I said, that just speaks to what he can do from the right side. But when you see the swing on the left side look as good as it has been lately, that tells me that he's been working. Um, the injury seemed like it was kind of a boost for him because, you know, he can take some time off and work on some things in the cage probably, and you know, swing with more intent. And I think him ha- having him in that seventh spot is super valuable. Again, I know I'm like talking about the lineup over and over again, but um, if you can have a seven hitter that could, you know, get some singles, get some doubles, maybe take take a few yards, you know, maybe draw a few walks. Like he can do a little bit of everything, you know, and you know he uh, he's not like a burner or anything in the outfield, but he has a great glove. So again, that's always super valuable. We've needed that for a while because for a while we were throwing out Jordan Walker and Yepes and Burleson when a lot of our outfielders were hurt. So now that him and Newt Bar are back, we kind of can solidify the defense a little bit more, and that's going to help everyone overall, you know. So it's great to have him in the lineup personally, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up with uh, the defensive side of things because now we have, you know, we can put Donovan – Carlson and Newbar out in the outfield and then move Tommy back to shortstop and maybe put the young back on the bench since he's been struggling. Uh, and yeah, I think Dylan Carlson is what Paul DeYoung was for us for a bit because, you know, Paul DeYoung got hot, pretty hot, and he was a great seven, eight hole hitter. And now it looks like Dylan is filling in that spot that's been missing a little bit in the bottom of the lineup. So. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, one thing, one thing, obviously we've noticed lately is Ali really likes the look of Tommy in center field, um, just because of how fast he is and how mature he looks at the position. You know, he doesn't play center field as his natural position, but yet he looks like one of the best defensive center fielders. So, you know, having three athletes like that, like Tommy and Lars Newbar and Dylan in the outfield that all read the ball very well and have the athletic tools in order to get to many balls in the gap and stuff like that. It's just, it's really like something that Cardinals fans shouldn't take for granted and like realize that that can really help a pitching staff, especially ones that pitch to contact like the Cardinals. So, you know, I think that's huge having those guys out there that could really go get it. And, you know, I think from there, the infield defense will improve. You know, we still got Arenado, Goldie. So up the middle, Gorman has played well, but, you know, we're going his bat to wake up. So, you know, just kind of solidifying things is always what we needed, I feel like. Yeah, after a rough start this season, it feels like the Cardinals are kind of getting back uh, on a consistent basis, uh, you know, with the pitching, with our new closer now, and some guys getting back to our team, like Newbar and Carlson, and obviously Jordan Walker getting called back up. So it's been great to see. Right. I, so. I really like the idea of him at the DH, like he's been playing. Um, but yeah, like you said, that consistency, but like, probably more so like knowing exactly what you're going to get out of someone. If you put them out there, like this season has been crazy for us. 
pitching is good, offense is bad. Bullpen is lights out, but the starter gave up too many runs early, and the offense can't make up the deficit. So when you can send guys out there and you you know what you're going to get from a certain guy in a certain spot, I think that's a luxury as a manager to know. I, th- I think it's everything's coming together now, and maybe not. It's not too late to make a push, man. I mean, a few years ago we had that 17-game uh, winning streak, so you know nothing. Nothing's impossible with this team. It feels like so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, if you got anything else to add to Nathan? Um, I would say. I I kind of like the way that things have been looking lately, but, you know, I feel like a lot of things across the MLB are starting to establish themselves along with the NL Central, you know, the Reds. They're absolutely crazy. Like, all of a sudden, all of this young talent, you see so much just young talent just taking over the game, and I love it, and I'm here for it, and, you know, I hope the Cardinals kind of see that and they're like, they're looking at Mason Wynn and they're looking at Luke and Baker and they're like, maybe we should be reliant more on these guys um, because of the way the game is going. But yeah, um, we'll see how things go up into the trade deadline for sure, because that's where, that's where we're going to have to decide if we want to be buyers or sellers. Like Jordan Hicks isn't supposed to be on the roster next season. So we would have to resign him. Montgomery, like Flaherty, so we're just gonna have to see how these next few series go. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to say, uh, stay tuned because our next episode will be over the trade deadline. Uh, some moves we'd like to see happen, highlight some guys that have a uh, have their contracts running out, uh, and see maybe what kind of moves the Cardinals can make at this deadline to see if we can improve this team. So. Uh, sure. Yeah, that'll be that'll do it for this episode. Uh, thank you guys for being patient with us. We are on YouTube now, so go subscribe to us at the Essential Sports Pod on YouTube. And you know now we're using face cam, so it's more we want to be a little more personal with you guys and you know connect with you guys a lot more. So uh, thank you again yeah. for listening so much. Uh, thank you, Gerald, for coming on here to help me out on this pod and yeah we'll see you guys in the next episode